Hey, are you ready to talk about this piece of poo human, Joe Exotic? Because you hit play on Curse Words and Crayons presents True Crime. And this is Z. This is Amy. We're discussing the life and crimes today of the man behind the famous name, Tiger King. And yeah, like I said, he is a piece of poo, a piece of shit. <laughs> Even as lovable as this train wreck may all seem, remember he took tigers out back of his zoo and shot them if they were injured. So that's like a huge no. A downer a little bit, I guess, as we're diving in. I just, I, I, this is a more lighthearted episode, or you would think that it would be a more lighthearted episode, but... Yeah, I guess trigger warning animals, you know, if 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 you're you're mm. against any which you should have gotten that from the title. You know? <laughs> right? You were warned right? previously. <laughs> yeah, but I just uh, I don't know. Some of the discussions that we're going to have are like funny and whatnot. However, I just it is it is serious. He did a lot of awful things to animals, which we will be talking about today. But Amy, how are you doing? I am doing well. I don't even have words. I was the one that suggested that we cover this case because I was one of the millions of Americans that was obsessed with this when when the original came out. But honestly, going through this, it's not just like a funny reality show. Like a lot of this stuff is so serious. So I don't have any words. I do think that some of it is very funny to talk about. Don't get me wrong. It is stuff that you're like, I'm sorry, what? What the I'm fuck? sorry, what happened? Yes. So I think it is when you say like lighthearted, it's like, but it's true. I mean, we cover some dark shit, right? Like, so this is a little bit more lighthearted. So I don't have a lot of words. Let's jump right in. Z, give us the timeline. Let's get started. Okay. So on March 5th, 1963, Joe Exotic was born Joseph Allen. And I am going to spell this last name because no thank you. And it is S C H. R-E-I-B-V, there's a V in there, O-G-E-L. That seems German, right? Because of the S-C-H combo. And the Vogel, for sure. Oh, yes, that too. So I, just I have definitely to... say German, but Schriebe Vogel, I don't know. And I, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I would totally butcher that and I'm not even going to pretend. So look it up, Google that, we're not saying it. Yeah, it's, it's, I tried to practice and it was (laughs) just a no, but yes, Joe Exotic was born in Garden City, Kansas on March 5th to parents, Francis and Shirley. They had four other children, Tamara, Pamela, Yari, and Gerald Wayne. He went by GW. Joe later changed his last name to Maldonado Passage which is still, like, that's a huge mouthful and a half, if you ask me. Like, we're going to refer to him purely as Joe, Joe Exotic, Exotic. Those are the names we're going to refer to him as because the other ones are very hard to pronounce, and I don't don't like the way they fit in my mouth. So sorry about Mm. all of that. Right, and if I ever change my name to Maldonado Passage, just stage an intervention. Like, I thought that my last name, when we decided to hyphenate it, was a poor choice. This is, like, just make up a new name. I mean, names are important. Maybe that's really important to him. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But Maldonado Passage just seems like it's not, I don't know. It's not even like flashy. It's just weird. It it is the name of two people that he loved. Like two different people's that he loved last name. So that alone, Mm -hmm. I'll give it to him. I'm like, okay. But also if I change my name to something crazy like this, fucking like just, it's a no, it's a no. Take, sit me down, sit me down. We need to have a serious conversation. We gotta have a chat. It's just time to talk. Let's talk about it. Exactly. Maybe send me some antidepressants. I don't know. Like, pay for a therapist bill for me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Somebody come watch my kid real quick. I need a weekend. Okay. So, in his youth, Joe's family moved to Texas, where he was enrolled at Pilot Point High School. After graduating high school, he joined the East Vale Police Department and was, was promoted to chief of the small department in 1982. He was outed to his parents as a homosexual by his estranged older brother, Yari, around the same time. And in response, his father made Exotic shake his hand and promise not to come to his funeral. You know, can I just say that although it doesn't excuse his behavior, I'm sure that being outed by your family and told basically like to forget that your parents even existed is super damaging in all seriousness. That can really mess a person up. So... I do think that even though 
all the stuff that he does it doesn't excuse that behavior like you can still make better choices I imagine being outed to your family and then basically disowned probably didn't feel great which you know can cause some trauma man I'm hoping his like mom stayed in contact with him. Look, not that it makes it any better. And I don't know what it is like to be in that kind of a situation. And I don't want to know. I really don't like that just sounds awful. That sounds tragic. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a situation that I want nobody to be in, Uh, which man, I really truly feel like Joe wasn't born awful or terrible, but Mm -hmm. he allowed his past existences and money really to corrupt and turn him into what I think is like I mean he's got some evil in him to do these things agreed maybe he's not evil overall but yes the things that we you know we we're barely even scratching the surface but once we get there the things that he does are, are unexcusable and things that only people with evil in their soul can do in my in my person this is my opinion Mm -hmm. but that Mm -hmm. that's how I feel He now is a police officer and it's 82. He has been outed by a, uh, he's been outed as gay to, to his family. Um, And now it is 1985. And Joe said that he was very badly injured when he crashed his police cruiser into a bridge. Although his claims about the wrecks have changed over time. In 2019, he told Texas Monthly that the incident was a spontaneous suicide attempt. But in 97, he told the Dallas Morning News that he was forced off the road by an unidentified vehicle during a drug investigation. If it was a botched suicide attempt, I can see why he felt more comfortable to come out with that information over time. But in 2019, an investigation by New York was in which included interviews of his family members and like local residents who knew him at the time. Nobody recalled this event coming forth. So he may or may not, he allegedly, he has wrecked his police cruiser. Looking at that timeline though, and I do wonder because we can see him really kind of change over time. And I'm not saying that people don't try to hurt themselves and then maybe feel embarrassed and covered up. But what if it was like a, this is like a publicity thing. He's like, okay, really what happened was like, I was run off the road, but as he gets like more popular and wants to be seen as like crazy, he's like, yeah, I tried to kill myself, which killing yourself is not cool. Everyone. So just don't. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I can see it going both ways. I can see him lying later about it being a suicide attempt. I can Mm -hmm. also see him lying at the time about it not being a suicide attempt. Either way, supposedly, this is what happened. But again, when um, there was an investigation, people who were his friends, family members at the time were like, yeah, we don't know anything about this super bad accident, which was the end of his police career because he claims that he was confined to a hospital bed or a hospital for over a month and since and spent several years in rehab so like you think somebody that they interviewed in 2019 would have remembered him being in the hospital for I would remember if you were in the hospital for a month not only are you in a hospital for a month so like let's say you have like fair weather people in your life but like to be in and out of rehab for that long even if it's outpatient like that's a lot of commitment that's a lot of stuff and then to know like but that just doesn't come up in conversation like oh I'm having trouble walking or moving or doing whatever well I don't know if you notice but sometimes he does have like difficult difficulties with mobility yeah agreed so that's where he says that this came from this however regardless of whether or not he did crash his car where he crashed his car because who knows did he was he drinking and driving on his own property and crashed his car or somewhere else or had drugs been involved or i don't know did he was it really just a random spontaneous suicide attempt who knows he this however it regardless it marks the end of his career as a police officer which i can't i can't believe he was a police officer right can you imagine being pulled over by him or like being in trouble and needing help from the police and like joe exotic shows up like i no thank you please I, please send another one please send somebody else 
in in the this feels strange saying it in the the pictures he's he's kind of handsome Z. I mean like a little thing yeah. for Joe Exotic well no, no like 20 year old <laughs> that makes me sound like a pedo but like 20 20, 20 to 30 <laughs> doesn't make you a pedophile yes. <laughs> I know but like <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, he's young. That's a young. Yes. But a younger Joe, maybe he's he's like, you know, a little cutie. I don't know. Oh, my maybe gosh. Maybe pre-mullet. Exactly. Kim Kardashian is dating a 20-year-old, so I can, too. Uh, we're the same person, so I you she really can do it. You really are. And I think... <laughs> And when I think of Let Kim me go Kardashian tell my husband. like Kanye West, I think of you and Roberto. That's like, <laughs> just, oh, no. it, it makes sense. This is all when it like, it seems to be happening because this is now 1986 and Joe Exotic returns to Texas and works various jobs before opening a pet shop with his brother, Gerald Wayne, or JW, who also really enjoyed exotic animals as well. And this was in Arlington. This actually stayed open for like a, uh, almost 10 years, 11 years, and they had to close the pet shop and they opened a new one nearby. Maybe I think it was to expand or whatever, but Exotic came into a conflict with the Arlington officials over repeated code violations for decorations and signs because he had things like gay pride symbols and the American states flags with rainbow stripes in the shop windows. Um, he accused the city inspectors of homophobia and targeting the business because of his sexual orientation, which like, yeah, why does it matter if he has pride flags? If anything, that hurts him, not you. So like, if you think that that's like a bad thing, you right. know, to like follow your heart and love who you love, one, check yourself. Two, like, it, that's not going to hurt anybody other than the person that you think is doing this, like, wrongdoing, right? That doesn't affect you. That just yeah. means, like, oh, people who don't support him as a person, well, if you display, you know, your, I don't know, whatever you want to and people don't believe in it, like, that just means that they might stay away from his place of business. Like, that doesn't, how, why does that hurt them? I don't understand. That's how I feel, though. Like, honestly, I wish that every business that was in, like, places that I'm going to shop would display, like, what their thoughts and feelings are on the politics that they have. Because I want to know. I want to know if I want to support your business or not. I want to know if you're, like, a secret hater of Real Housewives of Orange County. <laughs> I need to know those things because if I don't, I, then I don't want to patronize your business but I mean I'm seriously he should get to it's his business it's like this is your house this is your business you should get to display whatever you want about I mean within See, reason I'm like, more of the it's it's not that I don't want to support co people and things that support the things that I also think are like the right track mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. causes that I want to support I just don't think it's any of my business what you decide to do in your home if it's literally if it's not affecting me and like he's not over he's not this isn't like he's he doesn't have the Nazi flag like is flying he he's not saying that he's a member of the KKK like so for me it mm -hmm. just I don't it, it's just I can't I can't I don't understand why the gay but like gay flag things were just such a big deal for Arlington. But also this is the late, but no, this is the late nineties. This is 97. Yeah. But this is still the late nineties. Like that was yeah, over true. 20 years ago. Ugh. And a lot has changed in 20 years. We're very old. See, this is not, we are not young, but I don't, I think he should get to display whatever he wants. Cause that's his business. And like, even if I was like, I hate gay people, which I don't hate gay people. But if I did, I like, I still feel like they have the right to do what they like, put, hang up whatever you want. Like, I think that that's the right, that's your right as a business owner to say, this is what I'm doing at my business. Exactly. I probably have a bigger problem with the animals he's selling inside of the pet shop than the fact Thank that you're of a, a gay pride flag. Like, exactly. Allow somebody to feel a little bit more welcome in this pet shop. Maybe don't keep alligators in tiny cages. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what he sold at the pet shop, but if I had to venture a guess, it wasn't good. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So also in 97, his brother GW was killed in an auto accident later that year. So exotic sold the pet shop and purchased an, a 16 acre 
farm in Oklahoma with his parents, which apparently they're like, I didn't super look into it. Um, maybe I should have. Their laws are a little bit looser. Just Oklahoma in general. The South in general is a little bit more <laughs> like, you do what you want. Get off my lawn or shoot you, you know? So there's like less stipulations regarding what you can put on your property in Oklahoma. There's like Oklahoma, Montana, and there's like three other states that it's just like, you know, you just... Jesus, take the wheel. You just do, you do what you do and hopefully everything goes okay. So, um, <laughs> Go but done. that's why it was, Have a great time. right? Yeah, exactly. That's why it was Oklahoma and not Texas that he did it in, which, cause we do actually here in Texas, I'm in Texas. We do have a couple of extra laws around that. But anyways, two years after his brother's death, the farm opened as Gerald Wayne Exotic Animal Memorial Park in dedication to his brother, Two of Wayne's pets were the first of the zoo inhabitants. During Joe's tenure as director there, he also held magic shows, cub petting events at venues across the U.S., across the United States, hosted an online talk show, and worked with producer Rick Curtin to create a reality TV show series about himself. If you're still here and you're not about... You know, you need an extra animal trigger warning. Like, get get out. This is your time. Here this is comes, it. And, right. Yeah, Exit gracefully. I've, yeah, I've warned you, and I don't want to hear about it. So, in February... <laughs> no, that's not... I tell my kid that all the time. I don't know if you could hear it in the voice. <laughs> February 99, animal welfare investigators discovered a large amount of neglected emus in Red Oak, Texas. An exotic volunteered to capture the animals and take them to his park. However... Joe, local volunteers, and the Red Oak police were quickly overwhelmed by the task of corralling the large and fast-running birds, several of which had unfortunately passed away before they even got there. Joe and another man resorting to killing emus with shotguns and were accused of animal cruelty by police. However, since the emus were considered livestock, they could lawfully be killed humanely in Texas, and a grand jury declined to indict exotic most of the surviving birds ultimately wound up in texas ranches which have you ever okay have you ever encountered an emu oh they're terrifying they're terrifying i've gone to like one of those like pet they look mean one. yeah they oh, look they're mean. really mean yeah. i went to one where like uh you drove really slowly and you yeah. had your windows down there terrifying. was one yeah, no, Terrifying. it wouldn't leave us alone, like, to the point where, like, I almost cut his head off with my window. I was like, look, look, but he kept, look, like. Buddy, it's you or me. No, it was honestly, <laughs> Amy, it was terrifying and the look their eyes are like as big as my face like the yeah. look in their eyes their mouth can open as wide as my face like it was these emus like I'm not saying you should not kill emus this is fucked up and this is terrible and this right. is truly awful I'm just saying like they should have been more prepared for this emus are nasty creatures they are not nice they are crazy they're dinosaurs I mean they're a living That's... dinosaur. I have two. I have two very quick emu stories. Number one, one time in the parking lot of the mall in my hometown, my dad. This was before I was born, so this is really all just legend. I'm not even sure. Maybe he made it up. He had to chase an <laughs> emu through a parking lot because it got loose in the like mall parking lot. It was like they had like set up a petting zoo in the parking lot of this mall. What was an emu doing at a petting zoo? I don't have any idea. Petting out. His this eyes? was like in the like 70s or 80s. Like this was like late oh, 70s, early okay. 80s. So this was like way, way long time ago. Um, right. So he had to chase an emu and I, I'm sure there was drinking involved. And so I don't even know. But then number two, a few years ago, we went on vacation and we encountered one of those drive through petting zoo places. And I thought this is going to be so cute. And Hayden was like a baby, like nine months old. And our niece was with us too. So we had like two really small kids, like toddlers. It's terrifying because number one, those animals are trained. They know you have food and they're coming for it. Like that you talk about like dingo ate my baby, like this 
was a real fear I had that this animal was going to pluck my kid out of the car and like just take them away. I will never visit one of those places again. It was terrifying. It was so sad. It really felt very G J W G W Memorial Park, like very sad. It was very sad, but there was an emu there as well. And I remember being very scared. See, I'll do it again because ultimately it was fun. It's just when I see an <laughs> emu, windows up. I mean, I will not do it again. Oh, it Aurora terrible. would get a kick out of it. She might be missing fingers, whatever. I'm that mom. I'll do it. You don't need all of them. You only need. You have 10. Exactly. You you could spare at least four of them. There are people doing wonderful things with prosthetics these days. She doesn't need exactly. fingers. Exactly. But no, emus, no. I do not fuck with them. However, I also don't think it's okay to, like, corral and yeah. slaughter them. Right. But this is what happens when people get in over their heads. Like, this is what happens when you're like, wouldn't yeah. it be cool if I had this, like, awesome tiger park or this awesome exotic Ooh. animal park? Or bunnies. Bunnies or, like, no. Okay. get Don't. I know. Look, this has nothing. It's not the same thing. Bunnies reproduce very quickly. You get over your head very quickly with bunnies. You I laugh. It's so funny. My dad would never let me have bunnies uh, growing up because one, I had to either eat them if I was going to keep them, and two, um, he was going to like breed them. Look, my dad's very country. Uh, we grow up on a farm. If we have animals, and it's not a dog or it's a okay. cat, uh, it is to eat that animal. It is, you know, we uh, we you don't keep animals like rabbits for pets. I look, I don't know. Uh, this is why he didn't have a rabbit. I think mainly he didn't want rabbits because they're smelly and they reproduce so quickly. And he was just trying to find yeah. a, a way to just tell me no you I know mean, that's not wrong <laughs> I grew up the town I grew up in 4-H was very big and there was a lot oh, of yeah. rabbit like people oh yeah and I remember this girl who was in my class they had like a million of them and they were all like in these crazy sheds in her backyard we didn't I didn't grow up in the farm on a farm in the country or anything I lived in like suburbia and this mm -hmm. house just had like a bajillion rabbits look they're they're like their pregnancies are like a month long Right. And then and then they can get pregnant like three days afterwards or something like that. And they don't just have one. They have litters. It's a lot. So, yes, I can. This is exactly what Amy said. This is how you get over your head. You can right. do it with emus. You can do it with rabbits. Right. So after the emu incident in 2000, Joe acquires his first two tigers, which to me was a surprising piece of information because it wasn't until 2000 that he got tigers. Like what, what else? I feel like you have to you build have? yourself up and then to like the also, yeah, well, one, you have to have the funds and two, you have to have the connections. You can't That's go true. out doing heroin. You have to go out asking first where to buy marijuana. So then you can find somebody who is therefore selling heroin. Right? No, that makes sense. Just in case you were wondering, yes, on how to acquire heroin, that is how you do it, listeners and friends. Well, thank you. Thank you for that lesson. It's a good it's a good one. So he acquires his first two tigers, and those tigers have been abandoned. So he said that the first animal rescue in his career as a zookeeper was an 11-foot alligator with a severe eye infection. Here's the other thing about these animals that he's rescuing. A lot of them are, like, injured, abandoned, like... They're not doing well. So it's not like here's a super healthy tiger that's going to be like resistant and you're going to, they're like sick. They're all abandoned and like they've got a lot of issues. There's a lot of things going on. So, first animal, 11 foot alligator with an eye infection. That sounds like a terrible time. So, this marks when Joe starts doing some real sketchy stuff. So, he's taking in donated horses so that he can shoot them and feed them to his cats. Which is like, I understand, animals eat animals, and that's the way that it is. But when you're bringing in a domesticated animal, purely for the purpose of shooting it and feeding it to another animal, I don't know, like, this just gets like, it just... It's a no. Right. It's a no. If that, if that horse had broken their leg, if that horse sure. was very, was not doing well, if something else in some way, shape, or form had happened to where you were going to have to put that animal down because it was just humanely the most loving thing that you could do, right. like a way to help, yeah, to wait to end their suffering, that's one thing. This, that's, this is not that. This is not that. 
like it's a donated horse and i wonder like do those people realize like i'm taking this donated horse and i'm going to it's going to become tiger meat yeah or did they think that they were donating it to a sanctuary with somebody who's taking in animals that aren't are doing well and helping right. rehabilitate them this also really marks where joe starts doing some really crazy stuff like we kind of talked about earlier and like you're going to see if you know nothing about the story or this case or multiple cases this is where like money and fame and all of this hungry like looking for validation really starts so at this point it's really obviously not about the animals anymore so maybe at first it started like there's this pet shop we want to help these animals then maybe it was like we want to start this memorial park where we're rescuing animals but now it's just like dark and he's really kind of running full speed into the crazy wall at this point if you've watched any of the first season of tiger king you'll see that joe has a real cornucopia of male partners this i do not have an issue with love is love do your thing boo but the circumstances surrounding his relationships like we talked about in the homework episode is very predatory to me we're going to kind of take you through and they're going to be intermixed in with all of his other garbage but you're going to hear about a lot of his partners and we're going to try to kind of summarize that a little bit later as well. So his first known male partner, his name was Brian Ryan, and Brian became like a member of the family. You know, we heard earlier how his family was not super happy when Joe was outed, but it really seemed like Brian was being taken in and they really liked him. And in the second season of Tiger King, you can see Joe's relatives really speaking kindly about him and the time that they shared together. But sadly, Brian passed away from complications concerning with HIV in 2001. So in the following year of 2002, he started a relationship with a, a boy named J.C. Hartpence, and he was an event manager who helped him with his traveling animal show. So part of the Memorial Park, there was also like all of these traveling shows he would do and all of these different things. Joe was looking for a way. Didn't they straight up go to malls for like cub pettings and stuff like yeah. that so they yeah. would go to could the mall. you imagine that showing up to a mall with your kid and there are lion, lions and tiger cubs to pet that's kind of cool also who what if one of them is missing an eye afterwards your child not the tiger cub or either one or either my kids are vicious they would yeah, take yeah. a tiger's eye out like Ooh, especially when they're little they just go for mm -hmm. the eyes so during this time joe's really looking for ways to earn money to feed his animals and so he starts doing these traveling shows where he's going to zoos he's going to or he's going to malls he's going to all these different places he partnered with a traveling magician i mean it's obvious that all of these things are really becoming too much for him to handle he can't financially support it he doesn't know enough about these animals to really like physically emotionally support what's happening so you know taking on a traveling magician to provide and handle tigers during stage illusions it's like the next natural step right seems clear seems perfect the magician and Joe eventually parted ways, but Joe realized magic shows are where it's at, and he decides that this is a good way to earn money. He starts using his big cats in these shows, so like full-grown adult cats, we're not talking about baby cubs anymore, and he begins staging these traveling magic shows himself, and that's where the name Joe Exotic came in. If you didn't know, Joe also became a traveling magician, so the man of many hats, this this Joe exotic. So he soon found that attendees at his magic show would pay to pet and have their picture taken with tiger cubs, because who doesn't want to pay some money to have their picture taken with a tiger cub? And that eventually these activities were becoming more lucrative than the actual magic show itself. So his magic show just really eventually evolved into more of like cub petting events and he began breeding his cats to ensure that cubs were consistently available because you know cubs don't say cubs forever so there needs to be new cubs which i mean you want to talk about overpopulation we talked about rabbits earlier you've just got all of these tigers breeding to make cubs purely for profit and now what are we going to do with these cubs once they become adult cats yeah, because they take up a lot of space. I don't know if you know this. Tigers are sort of large. Right. They're, They're sort of large. Yeah. Now, sadly, 
and like okay so at least in my opinion joe normally does them a solid and puts them in like a larger cage so he doesn't like carol baskin them up like i'll just mm-hmm. never forget there's this one image from season one where it zooms in on carol baskin's big cat rescue and it has one of her tigers who is in like literally a crate now this is its cage but it is in a metal crate and then there's just this little box thingy Mm-hmm. that it can stick its little face out of and like i don't uh, there might be enough room for this tiger to like retract its head back and like turn a full ass circle i don't think it has enough room to like stretch out all of its legs like it can't do a big boy uh, stretch or anything like mm-hmm. that no morning stretching that's just shitty that cat needs some morning stretchings we all need some morning stretchings like oh so to me at least joe does a little bit more of a solid on the enclosures and in particular or he did back when he wasn't in jail just in particular from what i've seen i'm not saying that you know he does this with all of his animals however overall it felt like he had larger enclosures however those tigers take up a lot more room than cubs and i imagine also you can't really keep too many cubs in the same place together so you've you've got like all these little cubs and then those cubs become grown-ass adult tigers so that's going to require more to feed them And so now he's got more cubs, more cats, more feeding, more all of these things. But he's producing all of these extra cubs. He needs to start really turning his show into like what he thinks it needs to be. So this is really where his stage persona takes flight. He began to really look the part that a lot of people see when they think about Joe Exotic, a more flamboyant behavior. He's wearing flashy clothing. I know that you had said, you know, you He was cute earlier. Like, okay, I am from the fucking South. I'm from Texas. No, but I say it all the time, but I am. Like, I feel like I need to reiterate it in case you're new here. Uh, We do have a lot of new listeners here and there. So when he was, like, in his heyday, in his 20s and in his 30s, if you like smaller statued men, like, he was, he, he was thin. Yes, a little thinner than I like my men. I don't want to break them, you know. Um, but... Overall, like he, right. he didn't have the mullet, he didn't have all the piercings. It didn't look like he was doing meth every day, you right. know, like he kind of did during some of Tiger King, you know, or at least he appeared that way. I don't want to say he did meth all the time, but I know he was around a lot of people that did drugs. Anyways, like right. he he was what I thought was like uh if if I saw my friend was married to him, I'd be like, yeah, girl, you did right. it. Or, yeah, man, right. you did it. You know, like, whatever. Right. Like, yeah, that's, maybe it's not for me. But, yeah, that, I can, I can, I can look and I can appreciate how you would, you know, be able to see him naked. But now, once the Joe Exotic thing has kicked in, it's a big, the mullet and the the hair and the, the clothes. Well, and for me... I'm I'm not from the South. And so, you know, sometimes you see like little kids with mullets and you're like, <laughs> yes, that's oh, kind of cute. That's like, but also I sad. mean, cute, but also kind of unfortunate. But like, they didn't choose to have that mullet. Like they grew up with a mullet. And so that little kid with a mullet could potentially grow up to be an adult with a mullet. Like you chose later in life to adopt the bleach blonde mullet. Like that was a choice. That was like a, yes, this is how I'm going to get money dudes whatever like this is the look i'm going with just i mean it's not a choice i would have made but i'm not joking okay so let's let's math like but soft math so this is 2002 and he was born in 63 so he is fucking 40 yeah mid 40s whatever he is math in the 40s he is at least 40 years old ish yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe 42, whatever. He is at least 40 years old. And he decided that now was a good time to go with a giant ass fucking eyebrow piercing. The eyebrow and, Don't get me started oh, on that. It's so bad. It's a lot. It's a lot. And a bleached mullet. And a complete wardrobe change. Like before he was doing like the cowboy hats. Yeah. Yeah, And he looked just like what you would think like a Texas police, like officer would look like in the eighties or the nineties with the stupid hat and like, whatever. I think cowboy hats on men are kind of sexy, but like whatever, whatever. I mean, right context. I feel like it can be. 
It wasn't but on it, him, even though right. I did think, you know, but whatever. It's all right for you to love him. It's okay. Sorry, I'm supposed to take my trash out right now. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, and this is where I bow out. No, yeah. just kidding. But uh, he, yeah, just the whole look in his 40s, to me, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. It's a decision. It is a choice. <laughs> and he made it. And he stuck with it because I feel like it's still a choice. He never like, went he's back. Still making this choice, even in prison. In prison. Which I don't get. I don't get. How is he doing it in prison? Do, does he hydrogen peroxide his hair? Ooh, ooh, no, I think you can buy hair dye in like this. I Maybe the, you can't. What is that, the, what is that called? The, Compen, Compen something or other? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just here to blanket statement right now. Amy and I are not really informed on what happens in prison. It's true. We're not. It's really true. And I... We should Google it one of these days, but we, we haven't yet. On like how to how to be in prison, because there are so many times I like get stuck in those um, black holes of watching videos of like women who have been in prison, and then they like oh, explain what it's like in prison, and I'm like, tell me what your life is like, but I don't want to do that. Like, like wanna... they do the instant coffee with yes. like the chalk like, or something mm-hmm. like that to From make it as makeup. Yes. Oh no, I've watched all the videos and stuff. Oh, uh, but I don't know how he's bleaching his hair. I'm not sure either. That seems like it a seems lot. To, although he's not really like a celebrity, but kind of is now a celebrity. Oh, that he's a total celebrity. A hundred percent. He's gotta be getting like extra perks in, in prison. He just has to I be. Think, I think. I digress. Mm. In mid two thousand and three, so now he's so to bring us back up to speed, he's started these traveling shows. He's breeding cubs for financial gain. He's got too many cats. He doesn't know what to do with them. Mid-2003, in walks a new boyfriend, John Finley. He was hired as an employee at the GW Zoo and within a month had begun, had begun a relationship with Joe. By this point, the relationship between Joe and his, so his current boyfriend, J.C. Hartpence, has really deteriorated, and some say it was due to drug and alcohol addiction. So there's a lot of drug and alcohol use circulating around the zoo, around their employees, around just everything. So it finally ended. <laughs> this this is how my last relationship ended, so I mean it's same. It finally ended after Joe threatened to kill J.C. and feed his remains to the zoo's largest tiger. If you didn't threaten to feed your ex's remains to an exotic animal, you haven't even lived or loved. I mean, right? seriously. That's just the norms. That's, if I'm not going to poison my husband, I'm going to feed You don't him. care enough. Like oh, the- yeah. That's the two choices. Tigers or or poison. poison. For real, though, if either one of our husbands come up with a drop of anything in their systems once they're dead, we're fucking going to jail for a long time. I, All no, right, I, I feel like we've, we genuinely love and adore our husbands, but we set ourselves up for a lot of questioning <laughs> with this podcast. I don't really know what's going to happen. Hopefully, hopefully live and learn they're all gonna they're gonna be great so he tells him i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna i'm gonna feed you to a tiger so then jc wait was this joe that told him that tells joe tells the boyfriend heart okay i'm gonna kill you and i'm gonna feed you to a tiger so then heart responds by waking joe up with a gun to his head which led to an arrest by the local. I mean, I feel like there's a difference from me being like, Hey, fuck you. I'm going to feed you to my tigers. If, if, you know, and, and then actually physically like putting a gun to somebody's head, like I will threaten you all day. Sure. Uh, My, my bite is just as bad as my bark, but I will bark a lot. I will bark a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot before I bite. Right. I feel like a gun to the head is worse than my husband telling me, hey, I'm going to fucking kill you because you're annoying. So after his arrest, he was later convicted of child molestation and first degree murder. So the two things are not related to this incident, but also unbecoming of a human. So aside from the fact that probably not the best dude 
And I'm not saying that that excuses either of their behavior, but like there was just a lot of not great happening in that relationship. In 2006, the GW Zoo was cited multiple times by the USDA for violations of the Animal Welfare Act standards. So ding dong, who's there? Oh, it's the feud between Joe and Carol Baskins. So this is really where Carol comes on the scene. In 2009, Carol sought to end commercial cub petting in the United States and was targeting Joe's lucrative traveling shows. So remember, he's like producing all of these cubs. And she's like, nah, fam, you can't do that anymore. Although the shenanigans had really been a subject to protests and investigations by animal rights organizations like PETA, their efforts had really kind of been sporadic and poorly organized. So from what I understand of like the exotic animal world, it's really like backdoor and like Z was saying, like you gotta have connections, you gotta know people. So it's probably really hard to kind of find a bunch of celebrities and mafia people have exotic animals. Yeah, does I don't like, know how that fits like into the story. But I yeah. mean like it comes but, with status. Like it comes yes. with status. Look how cool it is to own this tiger. Yeah. Which to me, no thank you. I don't want a tiger living in my house. I don't want a tiger. But if you think about it, this is exotic and it's unobtainable. And yeah. you know, but you have, once you, you're trying to like, you know, show yourself that you've accomplished. I'm not going to get a, a, a tiger. That's what I, I don't even want a second child. Like it's a no. I don't need anything that poops or pisses anymore around here. We're good. We're good, fams. We've got it. We're fine. You know, we can all use the toilet now. And that's important to me. You see the allure of something that is so exotic and so mind-blowing that you, you know, like, okay, we went to Vegas and I have seen their, like, tiger thing because that was still when Siegfried and Roy, is that them? That was still when they were doing the the tiger shows before they had gotten attacked was when I went, like, maybe the year before or something. Um, we got engaged there and, like, oh, I went and saw the, the exhibit. It was amazing. It was a fucking jungle with like with like playthings inside and there were big exotic cats and it was Amy, it was so cool. And if that could be in my house, also I saw this cartoon once and it was really cool, but it like made me have really <laughs> bad nightmares. Uh, is it despicable me? Where they he has a shark that lives underneath his floor. Yes. Mm-hmm. So cool, so cool. Have that you seen cool. those like um, I really like jellyfish and they're so calming Me and they're too. beautiful. And um, I've seen these like giant like mm-hmm. jellyfish tubes. Yeah. But yeah, the tubey one. But they're mm-hmm. giant. Like, okay, so you would want that. Maybe some, I, I mean, next up's tigers, Amy. You have one, <laughs> you don't stop. jellyfish, next it's next tigers. tigers. But I can, I can see the allure. I can see why you would want a tiger. I don't like it when my dog steps on me like if I'm sitting on the couch so like I don't want to be I just I'm not a fan but I can see how it also would need to be something that is kept kind of secret because they are super dangerous like if I had a neighbor who had a tiger like those are things I want to know about but they don't want you to know that they have a tiger so there's just a lot of like hidden things so a lot of the PETA efforts a lot of the different protests and things were kind of sporadic they didn't really hamper his business but carol baskins comes on the scene and she has the baskins big cat rescue organization this organization has tons of followers on facebook tons of crazy cat people who are like obsessed with the cause and everything a lot of really informal volunteers really digs up a lot of traction So she starts really making some headway into getting some of his stuff shut down. The Big Cat Rescue volunteers began to track Joe Exotic's movements. They start emailing managers of shopping malls that hosted these shows. They're getting them canceled. She was like really detrimental to his business. He sees that this is happening, obviously. He knows that this is going on. And he sees these actions as hypocritical, which kind of same. Kind of same, Joe. 
like I said earlier, tiny cages for a lot of her cats. Tiny, yes. tiny, tiny cages. I know she runs herself as like a nonprofit or blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. One, where the fuck does all that money go? I guess she's donating it back. But like maybe she should be making more of a profit so she could have better like cages and whatevers for her animals. We're going to go over Carol Baskin's probably on a whole separate episode. But she pays her employees nothing. Thing. They're yeah. all employees, but they have to dedicate their whole motherfucking lives to like licking her butthole clean every single day in order to like get stepped up no on the yeah, thing they have sure. to do they have to jump yeah. through so many hoops in order to become like a better rescue volunteer and then it's that just means they wear like a different color shirt or something like it's very culty it's very culty to yes. me very um behavior. yes and i get that she doesn't make a profit off of it but um, she is making a profit off of it because yes. a, non, like a true, in fact, like nonprofit is taking that money, is hiring volunteers, is doing those things and putting it back into whatever community it is that they're serving. She is taking this cause, using it for her own gain to either have these people idolize her, have these people, I don't know, lick her butthole clean or whatever, <laughs> like whatever it is that they're having her do. But, you know, when you talk about this whole tiger ring of people, Carol Baskins, Doc Antle, it's all very cult based. Even Joe's zoo, like even the, the GW yes. Memorial Park, super, super culty. All the people involved are like, ooh, what about... Yes, and so is um shit. What's that guy? And she's pretty, and she has like red hair, and she's young, but he's old, and they're gross. The new people that own. Yes, the... yes, you know who I'm talking about. You listening know who I'm talking yes. about as well. They suck. They're terrible. Um, there's like 27 years of an age difference between them, which for me is like mad creepy. Like whatever. That's like if that's your cup of tea. I'm so sorry if I've offended you. For me, it's not my cup of tea. I find it to be, you know, it. That's just that's a very big age difference. It's a very big age difference. And um, theirs is like theirs is not only culty, but it's very sex ringy. Yes, but to me, culty and sex ringy are it's a very fine line. It is yes, a very fine, fine line. line. His name but is Jeff like... Lowe, is the ah, guy who yes. who owned after her. I think her name is Courtney. I think you're right, Jeff. It's the... either like Courtney or Ashley, something. But it's like there's like the main wife, and then there's also no, uh-uh. He only has that one. No, well, but maybe. then he hires that nanny and sees oh, her. He yes. tries to hire that nanny, but like really, she's like just and then they hired show to like them have together sex and dead. Yeah, but it's this like it's this whole ring of like kiss my ass, tell me how great I am, look at these cool tigers. Oh yeah, but now back to me. So really I think Carol dumb. is just as guilty as the rest of them. Oh, totally dumb. I and feel like, like Carol's the only one. I do not like Carol Baskins. I feel like Carol Baskins, however, is the only one with more than one brain cell to rub together. And I don't understand how all this got so far along when honestly and truly, I do not think Joe Exotic is an intelligent man. I mean, I guess he's business swabby, 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 and that's to- all that matters. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for this, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, I mean, they're all really, it feels like if we were going to test their IQs, that they just wouldn't be measuring up very high. I think she has more, like, maybe educational smarts than he does, but he, he is, like, the kind of person, he's, like, the hold my beer guy, like, Oh yeah, I don't care. I don't give. I'll do whatever yes. I want. Like the what is that, honey badger? Have you like yeah. seen this? <laughs> honey badger him. don't care. Honey badger right. don't give a shit. Like I'm gonna do whatever I want, and I like watch me like a very jackass mentality. Like watch me do this. Like it's the way that it is. So. When Joe finds out that this is happening and he's like, wait a second, you're also operating an animal sanctuary that's charging admission. I know you're running it as a nonprofit, but like, here's what's happening. He responds in the only mature and responsible way that you would respond to somebody who's attacking your business by setting up his own TV studio and YouTube channel. And he hosts a nightly talk show that is increasingly focused on very vicious attacks against Big Cat Rescue and Carol personally. So he visited the Big Cat Rescue, like, you know, like covertly, like snuck in and visited. 
He chartered a helicopter to survey the property. Like he gets really obsessed with her and the big cat rescue and like making her feel and look stupid and like really vicious attacks. Like some things that are just like, oh man, if that was, if that was me, I'm not a, I'm not a Carol Baskins fan, but like, if that was me on the other side of that, like I also would be scared. Like that's terrifying. So he obtains a copy of her diary that he gets a former employee to steal. He starts posting things about it online. It's really rude. It's just like, who are you? Are you seven? Like you're a grown up. This is really rude. It's really just, it becomes very personal and like really unprofessional. Not that any of this is professional, but like just super unprofessional. Somebody's diary is like, that's just so mean. It's so violating. Like it's just so. It's one thing to use the information in said diary to form like your own awful whatevers, your arguments, your rebuttals, what you're going to drop in videos. And that's sinister and that's nasty, Mm -hmm. too. It's a whole nother level to like actually he he would photocopy the pages and stuff, too. It's just what's her diary? just unprofessional it's rude it's there's so many like personal and professional boundaries that are being crossed in all of this situation but the vicious attacks is really what I feel like are are kind of rough for me so in 2011 he copies the big cat rescues name and other like things like their marketing their branding different things and he makes the big cat rescue entertainment and gives it a Florida phone number so people think that this is associated with Carol Baskins and Big Cat Rescue, which is like what she's fighting against. So she's inundated with phone calls and emails from people that are like, how could you? You're operating this traveling show. You said you would never do that. And it's in fact not her at all. It's Joe Exotic the whole time. So she sues Joe for trademark infringement and was eventually awarded a $1 million settlement But she doesn't collect any of this money because, number one, he's broke. And two years later, he files for bankruptcy. So that was kind of thwarted. But she does take him to court and she does win. As she should have. She should have. He he literally, like, if you look, you could do a a quick little search and you, the logos, literally the same. Um, The same with this, the same with the, like, photo, the, like, icon photo or whatever for the website. Like, all of the branding, like, let's say, I think Carol used, like, yellow and black. That would make sense, you know? I think he, like, copied the exact same, like, branding look. And it was just a big kick in the face. This is rude. Yeah. He did it on purpose. And like the, like we're grown adults and this is her business. And the fact that like you're fucking with her in that way, like, yeah, there's going to be some retaliation. Somebody right now did that to either one of us or to curse words and crayons. Like we would go after them. Don't come after us. We'll get you. Well, we're going to say not nice things to you. (laughs) We're going to talk about it in a text thread without you. And that's (laughs) what's going to happen. And you're not allowed to sit with us. Because we don't like you. Right. So just don't, okay? I thought you guys were our friends. (sighs) Anyways, so this brings us to the end of 2013. And in walks Travis Maldonado. And he becomes the newest boyfriend. So like most sad, lonely, and probably traumatized young men who enter this community, he rapidly, rapidly began a relationship with Joe. Joe, Travis, and John were unofficially married to each other less than a month later in a polyamorous wedding ceremony, which again, do you and live your life. I think that's great. Exotic Joe and John. So John Finley. So he was the, the oldest boyfriend eventually fall out. And following an incident, John was arrested and charged with assault and battery. So a lot of domestic violence happening in these relationships, a lot of different things where the law is getting involved in 2015. So they were unofficially married in 2013 in 2015, Joe and Travis got married and he changed his legal name to Joe Maldonado. There you go. So here's, that's where Maldonado comes in. So now here is where I stand by the fact that Joe is a predator Neither John or Travis identified as homosexuals and both had affairs with women. 
Finley impregnated the zoo's receptionist, which was one of the reasons that he ended up leaving. And Travis was regularly having sex with multiple women on zoo grounds. I'm certainly not saying that you can't be attracted and in relationships with she's, he's, or they's at any point in time. As long as consent is involved, go forth in love. But these relationships felt more, more forced and like entrapment. Hard same. Like, I feel like he gave them drugs in order to be with him. I mean, maybe that's my brain making that up. But, like, the it just, it felt, or whatever, X, Y, enter X, Y, and Z, whatever. I felt like he was providing them with something and they had to perform, like, actually in these ways for him. Or, like, maybe he had things against them that they didn't want coming out. I don't know. I also feel like he, this is mad weird to me. Mad weird. And both of these men have have had relationships with only women after this relationship with him right. too. from from what I can gather look I don't know what happens behind closed doors so I mean and do you like seriously I you should be able to have a relationship with whoever you want or but maybe like, you only love that one man or maybe you only love that one absolutely. woman and, and that's okay right but this also reminds me very much of like the behavior between him and all of these men in these relationships remind me very much of the Candyman case. Ooh. Like here's this person who, for whatever reason, holds a lot of power over these boys who and don't, money. right? Who don't have the relationships that they are seeking in their life, a father, a mother, uh, whatever. Nobody loves them. They don't have any friends. Like there's all these different things that can, he has drugs. He has a temporary influx of money. Both, either, all of these things, I don't think that we can consider them fully consensual relationships, in my opinion. Now, I've never Agreed. personally spoken to any of these men, boys at the time, whatever. So maybe they were like, nope, this was just. Also, Joe's like, yeah, sorry. Also, Joe's like 40 something at this time, 40, 50. And these, these are boys. They're no, like, what, yeah. 18? 20 1920 like early 20s yeah that's early 20s that's a very dad son relationship right. which look again if that's your jam that's your freaking jam and that's great as long as it's consensual exactly we move on to the next fun fact which i find to be very interesting so from 2014 to 2018 joe occasionally worked as a professional wrestling commentator and hosted two wrestling programs at the GW Zoo. Joe's involvement with wrestling began when he met a Texas businessman and a pro wrestling promoter. His name was Robert Langdon at the GW Zoo's Monkey Ball charity event, which happened in 2010. So they bonded over their ownership of exotic animals, and Joe began to provide commentary at the NWA Texcoma, Texoma events, which would be streamed on Joe Exotic TV on their YouTube channel. Langdon walked Exotic down the aisle for his marriage to his current husband, Dylan Passage. What the what? In 2015, Joe's mom, Shirley, was sued by Big Cat Rescue over assets that belonged to Joe or the GW Zoo being transferred into and out of her name. So although Joe had some strained relationships with his father, he it does appear he was still in contact with his mother enough that he was she was able to kind of commit perjury for him. So that was so that's something that, that's a good mom thing to do on March 26, 2015, there was a fire that broke out at the zoo and it destroyed the Steve Irwin memorial that they had. So after Steve Irwin was killed by a stingray, Joe dedicated a large indoor alligator complex to Steve Irwin because I'm sure what Steve Irwin really wants in his memory is an indoor alligator complex. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe they were buddies. Also, this housed some of Michael Jackson's alligators from when from the Neverland Ranch. All but one of Michael Jackson's alligators were killed in this fire, and the blaze was thought to have been started by an arsonist, possibly a vindictive employee, but nobody was ever arrested. Doe blames animal rights activists for the incident. While, the, while on Tiger King, they speculated that the perpetrator might have been Joe or Rick Kirkman, who was the reality TV producer that was working with him. So what do you think? Do you think he he did this or he didn't do this? I think he did it. I think this sounds right up his alley. I think it's really that it's suspicious that there was some footage that was burned. There was a lot of things that happened. 
I'm I'm thinking that that he did it. Honestly, I really do think that Joe would have set the fire and I do think that if somebody else set the fire, it was with Joe's permission and his knowledge. And if you got confused, again, like Amy said, some of the alligators came from Neverland Ranch. And so he had like a bunch of different animals. They got transferred all over the place. They don't know where a lot of the animals went either. So he did like private cells and stuff like that. They can't even say how many alligators that Joe Exotic got. Like they don't know. But some of them came from the Neverland Ranch. And fun fact, at one point in his career, Joe had called Irwin for his advice on eye antibiotics for his first alligator. alligator. Uh, 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 yes. And also he asked how to treat an injured kangaroo. So when Irwin died in 2016, that's why he decided to name it after Steve Irwin. Apparently, since they'd spoken once on the phone, they're BFFs, um, which I, I do understand that feel. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that Joe set the fire. Uh, if he didn't personally set the fire, he... Yeah, he set that fire. He was involved in it in some he way. He too, yeah. Right, he was like, take care of this. We're going to get rid of, we're going to not do this. So in 2018, 2015, the fire happens. Nobody was arrested. Um, they were never able to pinpoint who who done it. But in 2018, Joe was arrested um, on suspicion of hiring two men to murder Carol Baskins. So in 2019, so he's arrested in 2018, he's convicted in 2019 and sentenced to 22 years in prison on 17 federal charges of animal abuse and two counts of attempted murder for hire for the plot to kill Carol Baskins. In 2021, so we're getting close, we're getting close to the end of our timeline, (laughs) folks, we're in this. In 2021, he worked with an attorney, John Michael Phillips, to file a motion for a new trial. And on August 15th of 2021, a U.S. appeals court ruled that exotic sentence was too harsh and that the two separate murder attempts were treated as separate convictions. And he is currently awaiting resentencing. So exotic is currently awaiting resentencing right now. So the next couple of things all happen in March of 2020. So we're bringing it back before he had filed for an appeal. Right when the pandemic dropped. Yes. This is height. When the beat dropped. Boom, 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 boom. Height of the panty, y'all. So Exotic filed a lawsuit against those he blamed for his arrest and conviction, including the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the lead prosecutor, a federal agent, and a former business partner, Jeff Lowe, creepy guy who ended up buying his zoo, and he sought $94 million, but then he dropped the lawsuit five months later. This is also around the time when the Netflix documentary series, The Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness is centered around his life and his rivalry with Carol Baskins. The first season of the series was released in March of 2020, which is when we were all snuggled in watching it together, coinciding with the COVID-19 lockdown. You guys remember COVID-19, right? You remember you remember that happened? It was so weird. It was strange. We're that like so, so past it. it. So 2020. Remember when? So weird. Um, A week after the release of Tiger King, both the series and Joe himself went viral. So there were memes. There were, I mean, just the world knew who these people were. In a Netflix interview in prison, Joe stated that he was thankful for the fame and that he was done with the Baskin saga, which how can you really be done with the Baskin saga when you're in prison for attempting to murder her? And look, okay, so maybe I should have looked this up before I brought it up on the podcast, but like, did he write the Carol Baskins killed her husband, whacked him? Or was that just like an internet thing? Because I, I think know it was he has an internet thing. Oh, shit. He okay. does sing I'm songs like... though, because he does have that song. Yes. Saw Tiger and Tiger Saw Man. Yes. That he wrote and he sang. 
He says he sang. I don't know. I've heard it. It doesn't really sound like him. But who knows? I Who am I to judge? Maybe he has a beautiful singing Auto-tune voice. Auto-tune is amazing. Just like face-tune will do you wonders. Auto-tune. I so. Anybody's so. an artist. Anyone's so. an artist. So everybody knows this guy, right? Everybody knows him. Everybody knows that bitch Carol Baskins. Everybody knows this is just like becomes a common household thing for everybody. I mean, I get. I guess I can't say everybody. For Even me, Cardi B set up a GoFundMe account to get him out of prison. So much happens. So they start this whole like free Joe. They try to get him acquitted. There's jokes coming like White House press conferences, like all of this crazy stuff start happening. And in May of 2020, a private inge- a private investigator and attorneys who are representing Joe, a group of volunteers calling themselves Team Tiger, delivered. <laughs> 257 page document to the u.s department of justice disputing elements of his conviction and requesting a pardon from the president now everybody deserves life liberty and the pursuit of happiness all of the things right i feel like that there are probably more people in prison who deserve a 257 page document coming to the president to say please pardon this person than joe exotic maybe that's just maybe that's just my it's just my bias i'm not really sure on january 19th 2021 the day before joe biden was inaugurated and as president team tiger chartered a limousine in fort worth to prepare for joe exotic's anticipated last minute pardon and release however this never came he was still incarcerated can you imagine, like, being in that I really like, thought it was going to happen. It's happening. I didn't. You didn't? I no. mean, I did. It seemed right up fucking Trump's alley to do something like that at the last minute. I'm, You know, it just seemed like... I want to get into politics and everything, but I just feel like Donald Trump has more things that he's interested in than, than Joe Exotic. And I really... I mean, I, everybody, everybody should. Everybody should have more things that they're interested in. Everybody. I, I feel like that's a blanket statement. You could say that about any human. I have more things that I should be I worried about. You would hope. Me as well. But here we are. Here we are. <laughs> We're real worried about it. And to be honest, it's fascinating. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he should have. But then he seeks pardon from... So he tries to get Trump to pardon him. Trump's not having it. Then there was rumor that he's try, he was trying to get Joe Biden to pardon him. Obviously... That doesn't happen. He hires a new set of attorneys, John Michael Phillips and Amy Hanna, and they plan to file a motion for a new trial within a few months. In July of 2021, a three-judge panel for the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Joe should serve a shorter sentence, saying the convictions for hiring two men should have been treated as one court trials. So this is like, it is a little maddening to me that like there's so much of our court energy going towards this man in his case but also as much of a garbage human as I feel he is he does deserve a fair trial and if we don't feel like it was fair then let's take a look at it but can we also maybe do that for some other people please for whatever reason the courts have you know they really haven't they've given him a fair trial they've decided you know now this is what's fair and this really leads us to a good stopping point. So we are going to bid you adieu for today. And we're going to come back next time where we're really going to talk about current events, dealing with Joe, what's happening in kind of recent times since the Tiger King aired and like since Tiger King kind of came out. Hit us up on our next episode. We will be releasing this episode next week so that you are not having to wait forever and ever to hear the final saga of where we are currently with Joe Exotic. You know where to find us on all of our socials, Instagram. We're now on Twitter. Um, you what? can find us at, I know, at, and where can they find us on Twitter, Z? At CWC True Crime. So go check us out over there. You can find us on Instagram, Curse Words and Crayons. You can email us, cursewordsandcrayons at gmail.com. And we will catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye.